Hello and welcome to the PK Soccer Youth Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Kelshaw. In today's episode, I am joined by Adam Corlett. Adam is a former Noga soccer coach who is currently the director of teams for Steel United in Plymouth, Massachusetts. In today's episode, we talk about Adam's introduction into coaching and his 10 plus year rise through the ranks of Noga soccer, UK elite, and steel sports. We also learn about his current coaching position and some of his roles and responsibilities in player, coach, and club development. Hi, Adam. Thank you for joining me this evening. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well, thanks. First, you just give us a brief introduction. How did you first get involved into coaching? So I actually started coaching when I was 15, I think it was. So in England, there is a uh, there's a program that you do in school as part of your of your high school called work experience, and basically you you apply to different companies or different you know careers that you want to work in. And I remember I always wanted to work in in football or in in sports, or you know it was either your PE teaching or coaching. And you know being a Newcastle United fan, I was like, I'm going to email Newcastle and just see if I can basically get a week of supposedly working, but basically watching Newcastle train was my plan. So I actually contacted. Simon Smith, who was the goalkeeper coach at Newcastle at the time, um, and he was one of the former England coaches. Um, I'd done some of his summer camps as a player. So I just contacted him to see whether I would be able to shadow him as a goalkeeper coach for a week. Fair play to him. He actually got back to me um, and said that, you know, for various reasons, they couldn't allow work experience at a professional club. But um, he knew um, a couple of people who who ran some coaching sessions for them. It was a company called Newcastle Football Development Scheme. And they basically became the Newcastle United in the community um, kind of side of Newcastle. So I'd, he'd uh, reached out to them and kind of said that someone would be contacting them. I'd, I'd got in touch with them and did a week with them, kind of doing the, you know, the after-school programs, doing some of the stuff on and off the field in the offices. And then at the end of that week, they pretty much said, you know, did you want to, or did I want to stay on and, and continue as a volunteer goalkeeper coach on Saturdays. Um, kind of working with their, their younger kids. So that was kind of how I started it in that side of things. At the same time as I was doing that, my club had started a U9 and a U10 team, uh, the club that I was playing for. And they were kind of just looking for some of the senior players in the club to, to kind of just show up the trainings with the coaches and kind of, you know, be role models for players. And kind of in exchange for us volunteering our time, they, they said that they would put us through the level one with the FA um, I know I remember at the time there was like a big push of trying to get you know younger kids into the into the coaching side of things. So I did that, got my level one at the same time. So that was kind of how I started, just did different volunteer roles. Um, you know, I love the goalkeeping side of things. I work with a great coach, uh, Jason Miller, who kind of took a, three or four of us who were under 18 and looking to be coaches. He kind of mentored us. And then, you know, just having the chance to work with the with the players in my current club was was great as well. So that was that was really how I got started. And then you went, you studied at Leeds Met? Yeah. And then what did you study at Leeds Met? So I did sport development and physical education. So it was kind of like a, a, a double course, really half it focused on, you know, the typical curriculum stuff that you'd have to do if you wanted to become a PE teacher. And then half it kind of focused on coaching and, and developing sport in, you know, whether it be underserved areas or, you know, various different things or underserved kind of groups. So that was, that was what I did. And I kind of did that just to keep my, my options open because going into uni, I was still wasn't sure whether I wanted to be a, 
a PE teacher or whether I wanted to get into specific coaching. But uh, yeah, that was what I did, sport development and physical education, it was called. So, so were you able to to continue coaching, maybe like as a as a side job while you were studying? So I did some some coaching. Um, part of the you know a lot of the courses that you did, it was it was based around teaching or coaching. So you know you have various assignments where you'd be you'd be asked to go into schools and, and volunteer and do after school sessions. Um, I actually ran a, a team that was just basically my my flatmates and, and friends and on courses. We I kind of set it up and, and managed it and coached that a little bit. I mean there wasn't a lot of coaching going on in it, right, but it right. was you know a kind of a little inside a thing in that but then um it was at leeds met that i i got the opportunity to to come out and work in america in the summer so that was kind of how i continued my coaching that was just through connections from my my flatmates at the time and and people who had been already been out in america yeah i was going to ask then so that was when you while you were at university you joined noga so it yep. was it was through like a yeah, housemate that you yeah found out? one of the lads i lived with um, played for the, the first team at Leeds Met and there was a, a lad who'd been out with Noga the, um, a couple of years before I forget the name, I will not say the last name was Lamb but I'm not 100% sure but um, he he kind of mentioned to him that there was a, you know, those summer opportunities going and was he interested and, and he wasn't but he knew that I was so he'd mentioned, you know, would it be something I was interested in and I think um, Noga were doing like a, a recruitment day and I, um, Neil Graham came to Leeds met and kind of met a bunch of us. And uh, this was in my second year. So, you know, I was, I still had time left at, at university, but then they were offering two month summer programs, uh, summer coaching opportunities at the time. So yeah, I met Neil in, in Leeds and he offered me a job in the summer. And then the July of that year in 2008, I was, uh, I flew out and, and started coaching in America. Yeah. So then how many summers did you did do with Nelga? So I did two, two summers, so 2008 and then 2009. So I graduated university in 2009. And then um, basically instead of doing the whole, you know, graduation thing, I came straight back out to America. Um, and then at the end of my summer in 2009, they essentially said that they were looking for, for coaches who might be interested in staying for the fall season um, and kind of, you know, extending the, the visas that we were on. So I had, you know, no real interest in going back home. I was enjoying America. I was enjoying the kind of the lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. So I said I would be interested. And then yeah, that was a, the rest was history. Really. I, you know, started coming back out on the, the nine month contracts as it was then and, and doing all, all that stuff. So I did that for another, uh, I think it was five years of Noga uh, in the end. So a lot of the former Noga coaches that I've spoke to on the podcast have always mentioned staff training being like a big influence yeah. on their coaching. How did you find staff training with Noga? I loved it. Like looking back, I, I really, you know, loved it. Thought it was beneficial at the time. You know, when you're getting up at six o'clock in the morning to drive to Long Island and, and all that kind of stuff from Connecticut, it wasn't exactly the, the most fun in the world. But, you know, it, it made me the coach I am, right? I mean, you've got Tim, when he was running the sessions, is, you know, he was obviously huge in the in the coach education scene in America, Gary Buck, you know, so many knowledgeable coaches. And um, I came over to America thinking I knew everything. You know what I mean? I thought I came over, I played all my life. I'd done, you know, a bit of coaching here and there before university. I'd done a, a sports degree. And then 
you know, you step out on the field and, and not just with Tim and, and Gary and, you know, the other managers like, like Scott and Rich Hickson and people and Dan Clark, people like that. But, you know, you realize that you don't know as much as you think you do, where you, you know, you really don't know anything compared to these guys. And it's just an opportunity to, it was an opportunity to see other coaches and, and share ideas, you know, whether it be people who are full-time members of staff, whether it be people who are in the same position as me, but, you know, it was just an opportunity for us to, to essentially play soccer for three hours on a, on a weekday morning and, and learn how to coach at the same time. And, you know, they were as valuable to me as, you know, any coaching course that I've done recently or before that, you know, because it was just, you know, and you know what Tim was like when in those sessions, he'd, he'd throw you in at the deep end and be like, you're going to coach this next 15 minutes and, or you're going to coach this team. I want you to go in and freeze it. And, you know, all the other coaches would be watching and you'd be, you'd be nervous. You'd be you know, terrified of what he was going to say or how he was going to call you out after. But, um, you know, a lot of it was just positive feedback and, you know, cr- constructive criticism that you could take and, and make yourself a better coach. And it definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone and, and made me the, the coach I am. So, yeah, I like what you said then about come in, you come in, you think you know everything, and then you're just open to um, to new training methods or different styles, or you know, train, you know, pre- helping you to deal with the American youth soccer player. I know from a personal experience as well that you, when you join a, a new organization or a new club or a new company, that you um you are new and you've got to be all open to to learn and you can't just yeah. come in thinking that you know it all um it i'd done the similar thing i'd worked for another company before noga um thought that yeah i'm gonna do it this way and had a rough time and then realized actually no i'll um you know learning from the staff training sessions and following the the curriculum and then sessions started to go a lot better and then you you work and then it's just you start progressing up the ladder so yeah a big a big thing and um a big help something that i now work working independently um it was so valuable to to be you know learn from your peers and just to get that ongoing training throughout your time yeah those um 7 a.m's in in bridgeport or other or long island were 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 tough but um you don't realize what you're missing when until you don't you don't have it and it really i mean it prepared you to do so much as well i mean it wasn't like you know you were focusing on coaching 18 year olds or whatever it may be your high level players all the time like the, the variety that we did was was huge you know what i mean like it was you were learning how to coach four-year-olds at one time. You were learning how to do individual stuff. You were learning how to do team stuff, you know? So like, that was just a, a big thing for me, you know, giving me the, because I think when I first come to America, I, you know, I'd had session plans and I could follow a session plan, but, you know, I was really just facilitating what was on a piece of paper, you know, I was setting up activities and kids were doing it, but, you know, learning how to go in and, and identify moments, like that, you know, that was one I know that was one of Tim's big things, you know, like pick out a moment, I want you to freeze it, you know, identifying moments, breaking that down, <clears throat> helping that, whether it's a specific player, you know, using the, you know, the things that the Tim obviously does with the NSCAA, you know, his, his, his freeze moments, his 
you know, rehearse and repeat kind of things, you know, all of that stuff. They, they were the first time I'd really come across those, you know, because I hadn't, I hadn't done any of the, the NSCAA courses at the time, the United Soccer Coaches now, but I hadn't done any of those. So I hadn't come across any of those, those techniques. And, you know, he, him and him and Bucky really hammered it home in terms of the, you know, this is how we want you to coach. And, you know, obviously I, you know, I've taken bits and pieces from other coaches since, but, you know, they were, those sessions were really a kickstarter and, and just getting me started and getting me going. Yeah. I think also Noga helps you not to typecast yourself as a, oh, I only, I don't go lower than the under 12s. Yeah. You know, that's just something I will hear. Or, oh, I don't do the little ones. That's something that you may have hear. But then it just opens you up and it makes you more desirable to to other clubs that you could go from a, an under six, under seven session and then go coach under 18s in one Absolutely. evening and complete and like flick a switch and, uh, you know, and change modes. I think it just makes you, um, especially now when it's so calm, competitive to be a coach in the U S that it, it does gives you just that extra feather in your cap, um, to be able to, uh, to progress and the summer camps as well. I'm, I've big thing on the summer camps. It's, uh, Anyone that's looking to get into coaching or wants to try new ideas, wants to coach different age groups or boys or girls, summer camps is just the best way you get, um, like I said, you get 15 hours in a week. And, you know, it could take you, you know, if you're working full-time in England, it could take you, you know, a full 12 months to get that many hours in with, uh, you know, just doing once a week on yeah, the evenings then, exactly and it, you know it's like you say it prepares you for different for different things like you know, now i would be happy you know if, if anybody said to me adam i, I need a, a five-year-old session covering is it something i want to do with my current point in my coaching career probably not but is it something that i can do 100 you know what i mean i think that was because you were put in these environments like you say and it wasn't you didn't get a choice you know it was like adam you're doing the six-year-olds this week and it was you were doing the six-year-olds but then you know another week you'd be doing the you know a 14-year-old group on camp and you could get the opportunity to do different things and it's like you say it just prepares you for for every eventuality and you know just the different styles that you need to coach whether it be youngsters whether it be you know different genders whatever it may be that you know you would you were exposed to that and you were able to to basically learn on the job and learn quickly as well so when you were at Noga was was the one club that you predominantly worked with um, I had started with Wilton Soccer Club in Connecticut, and then uh, after Wilton, I went to Trumbull uh, with, with Scott McBride and, and, and stuff like that. So they were, they were the two clubs I did. Um, I know a lot of the boys who, who worked with us were in, in UK and in Darien a lot. I was, you know, I was there every now and again, kind of doing the, <clears throat> maybe the, the rec programs, but my teams were predominantly based in, in Wilton, and I did girls' teams first. In fact, actually, I did with Norgrad, pretty much predominantly did girls' teams, which is, again, you know, another thing is now it's, it's predominantly boys' teams that I coach for the past really six years. I've only coached boys' teams. So, again, it was just kind of that I'd never coached girls before since coming, before coming to America. You know, I'd only ever been involved with boys because that was what, um, you know, the sessions that I'd, I'd volunteered at were or what my club was. It was just a boys' club. So, again, it was just an opportunity to get to come in and coach you know, something that I hadn't done before, but yeah, Wilton was, Wilton was my first ones. And, uh, and then, um, 
yeah, they crumble after that. But yeah, that first girls team, I think they must be well into their twenties now. So it's kind of shows how long it is, how long ago it was. Well, I actually, uh, with my coaching, I needed an assistant to help me with a school program, and I hired um, one of my actual former players, as a senior in high school. So when my my first year coaching, they were that was the year they were born. <laughs> so I was like, oh, like uh, I was used to them. I used to feel embarrassed when they were uh, when they were as old as my car, yeah. and now it's like, geez, that's uh. But then that's just how things <laughs> how things go then. So from you were then part of the transition from Noga to, to UK Elite. Did you yep. were you then working with different were you then working with different clubs or different programs? Um so initially I, I stayed with with I think it was with Trumbull at the time. Initially we stayed with them. Um I started to do work in more in the New York area with, with Pelham Youth Soccer. I was doing some stuff with them. And then um, I think it was, it was, it was basically I was with UK Lee for a year in, in Connecticut before they gave me an opportunity to go to Massachusetts, which is, which is where I am now. Um, <clears throat> they were kind of coming towards the end of, end of the fall season. I think it was in 2014 and they were starting to, you know, the, <clears throat> the nine month staff were leaving. I just got my, my long-term visa at that point. So I was going to be staying, you know, kind of over the winters and various things. And um, UK Elite had also just kind of, uh, they'd, uh, they'd taken over another club in the, in the Plymouth area in Massachusetts and they'd grown quite a lot and they were looking for, for full-time staff to start going working with their actual club and premier program. So um, I remember I got a kind of a call into the office to see whether moving to Boston or moving to Massachusetts would be something I'd be interested in. Um, I'd always liked Massachusetts whenever I visited it, if just for, you know, on trips and that. So I was like, yeah, I'll go up and, and meet them and see what goes on. And then the rest is, is history, as they say. I moved up in the December of 2014 and kind of really started with the club in the January of 2015. And um, that was working with UK Elite's club team at the time, which was called FC USA, um, which is now Steel United. And um, it's pretty, yeah, I've been with the same same organization since then, uh, since 2015 uh, up here. So you didn't know anything about Plymouth when you agreed to go? No. And it was kind of one of them I'd said, I didn't really, you know, I kind of gave myself an out. I was like, you know, I'll go up and I'll meet the, you know, the directors and stuff like that and just make sure it's a good fit. And um, I remember I drove up in, in December one time and it, you know, it was freezing cold and, and all that kind of stuff. I met them and, and stayed overnight. I went and watched the, um, one of the teams had a game, um, like they had a makeup game for, for towards the end of the season. So I went and watched one of their teams play and just kind of saw how their coaches coached. And, you know, it was one of them. It was, you know, it was, it wasn't, so I didn't particularly want to leave Connecticut. You know, all my friends are there and all my friends are yeah. still there really. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was one of those, but it was also an opportunity to, to get involved in a higher level of coaching than I was currently doing. Um, it was an opportunity to kind of oversee aspects of a club as well. It was I kind of went in as the the junior director at that point, overseeing like the you know the we call them futures now, but like the junior academy program and and the the younger teams. And yeah, it was just going to them really. I was like, you know, if I'm going to progress my career, I need to kind of push myself out my comfort zone a bit. And that was it. I went back and said, yeah, I'll go up and and give it a go. And yeah, I haven't looked back. So well, I've spoken to a lot of the coaches that I speak to. Have all had moves 
whether it's moving states or moving countries. And even we joke about it that even that, that move from Connecticut to Massachusetts was probably a bigger, in some degree, somewhat of a bigger move than moving from England to uh, to the US, oh, yeah. even though it's a, a shorter distance. But then you're, um, like you said, there's so many coaches um, and it's, well, in, if you want to progress in a career in, in soccer, you, you have to, you have to, to move. It's just part of, part of the, part of the job to, to progress. Yeah. So during that time, when did you meet your, your wife? Was, was that when you were in Plymouth or in? Yeah, that was in, that was when I was in Massachusetts. So it was, I moved up in, like I said, I moved up in the December, 2014. Um, I actually met her pretty quickly in, 2015 and I think it was the January 2015 and then uh yes yeah, married now married in 2019 so yeah oh. it was another another good reason for moving so. yeah that's what I was gonna <laughs> say sometimes um like without going to Kumbaya it's like things do happen for like yeah for like no, a reason right. so it is a um you know anyone listening out there that um you know if it you just you just got to give something a try and you got to, you know, the move, especially when you're, you're young and you've nothing, you know, you had no family holding you back in, in Connecticut or, any, or anything like that, or you're it and you're still working with the same, same company. So it was probably a little bit of a, an easier transition than if you were joining a, a completely different club outside of like the, like the yep. steel network. So, um, how did they take to you? Were you working with other, I guess then you're working with other former UK elite coaches that are now steel coaches? So when I was up there, it was, they were, they were already established as a, as a club up there. So they, but they were on the smaller side of things and they'd really grown and um, they knew some of the, um, some of the bosses down in, in the New Jersey area for UK elite. And that's kind of how they'd, they'd come on board with UK elite. So I didn't actually know, I'd never met any of them up there before it was you know they were all new there was uh they had four full-time staff i think if i remember correctly at the time um it was a husband and wife team um paul and Erica turner who were the the owners of the of the previous club who kind of were the directors at that time and then there was two um two coaches who i met there you know they had the similar to us you know with noga they had the nine month staff and the seasonal staff who would come out um i remember when i went up there i met two of them literally as they were flying up to the airport to fly back to the UK. Um, so I had, you know, there was a, a kind of a time where it was just us and the full-time staff, but it was good because there was only, you know, a couple of people there. It gave me an opportunity to, to get to know them quickly and, and kind of work with them. But, you know, they had a similar, similar fit to, to what it was. And it was, you know, it was an easy transition. And, you know, it's like you say, it was just, it was a, it was a jump that was, that I needed to take and it was worth taking. It was like, you know, this, like you said, you can always, you know, for me, it was easy because I, you know, I had my friend group and, you know, you don't want to leave your mates and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's like you said, I didn't really have anything that that restricted me from leaving. And, you know, I always felt like if I needed to, I could always go back and, um, you know, but it was it was just an opportunity to to grow and, and, and get better. And I you know, don't look back on it at all with any with any regret. So what is your current role then with Steel United? So I'm the I'm the current director of teams for Massachusetts. Um, so basically, I oversee all of our um, teams. We have 36 teams right now um, from the U9 all the way up to the U18 age group. Um, we have our, our 
or futures program, which is our junior academy program as well, which is sits below that. That's kind of like the U8, you know, coming in. Um, so I oversee those those teams, those players, and those coaches. Um, I'm involved in. I'm a coach developer in our region, which basically means that you know I oversee the the professional development for for our coaches. You know, I'll go and watch them, provide feedback on their sessions. Um, you know, we kind of have like a a two kind of pronged approach you know we have like a self-reflection section that you know they have to complete a reflection on their sessions after we watch them so we can kind of see their insights and then we'll give them all feedback and um so that's that's one of the things that i do and then um yeah just kind of player player development and, and kind of player recruitment for the club really up, up in up in massachusetts and we have uh, four different regions within within the state so we have our boston region is our biggest region which is kind of the metro west area uh, in Needham, we have a couple of teams on Cape Cod. Uh, we have a couple of teams north of Boston in the Charlestown area, and then a couple of teams in the this what's called the South Shore area, which is kind of where our state elite and our NPL teams are based. So, um, are, are and, these teams playing as Steel United, or are they community clubs like similar to a Wilton or a Trumbull? So they're, yeah, they're Steel United teams. So we have uh, we still we do still have kind of community programs like that where we go but we don't really we don't provide coaches for their teams what we'll do is we'll it's more you know providing curriculum for, for volunteer coaches or you know going to their sessions on a weekday and and running that you know, those kind of things we, we have a couple of town partners like that yeah. that help us um but predominantly my role is overseeing the you know the club or the premier level as it was called in connecticut when i was there the, that kind of side of things that you know that next level above above the town programs yeah so now we again we talked about the importance of staff training and now it's you that are it's like running those yeah. sessions or you evaluating those coaches um which is um well i guess it's just it's the beauty of the of the job and progressing and working your way up through a company so you said that you work predominantly with all boys now so you also coaching teams as well as working as yeah. a director yeah, so I still I still coach teams. I'm uh, I actually have three teams at the moment, which is just probably a, a bit too much for what I have with my director's role. But you know, I I love coaching, so it's not like it's a, a chore in any case. But I coach our 2004 and 2005 MPL teams, and then I coach uh, U12 2010 boys team on the Cape. And still is a it is a boys and girls club. But um, my previous role before I became you know the, the director that oversee everything i was the boys director so that's kind of why i coached the the boy side of things um but you know as you know as a club still united it's a pretty even split in terms of you know how many boys and girls teams we have so but it's just you know it's just happened that that's the way it, it's kind of progressed that i've, I've gone on to the boy side of, of things really yeah well then um because there are pros and cons to small and and big clubs but one of the one of the benefits i do see is that there is like a network of coaches and a network of, of teams that are working together for like the bigger picture, yep. which is always, um, you know, a good thing to see. And then off air, you know, we talked about that your, your upcoming trip to, you're taking teams to, to Las Vegas to yeah. Las Vegas. And um, that idea of combining like steel United players from, around the u.s and connecting them and having them play together is uh you know it's something that i couldn't provide that with my with my club hewlett lawrence it's um it's a, it's a community club similar yeah. to a wilton or a trumbull 
So uh, being able to give those players those options or those um, those added experiences and exposure to these tournaments and uh, different coaching. And like I said, if you said that you're now working with players for like um, like a select team in a way of working with all these different players from around right. different states must be um, interesting as well. Coaching those kind of players, just another. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Another I mean, we, to, yeah, yeah, we, um, our national team program, it's, it's, we've got, like I said, I was talking to you, we've got three teams on the boys side who are going to, to this week. I, we leave on Thursday. Then we have three girls teams going the following week and, and Steel United. So Steel United's in, uh, I think it's eight states now. Um, we've got some on the West Coast in California and Washington and Texas. We've got you know, a lot on the East Coast in Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia. Um, so obviously one of the things that we're able to do from that is, is like you said, is take, is take players from different teams and kind of create this, this select team that we call the, the Steel United National Team Program. And it was something that we'd started before COVID and then that kind of had an impact. But before COVID, they'd taken just uh, one team on each, in each gender. They'd taken a boys and a girls team the 2005 age group and, and both teams had done really well the 2005 boys got to the to the final of the las vegas mayor's cup they played um borussia mönchengladbach's academy team in the final uh and lost on penalties in the end they drew nil nil in the game and then they lost um i think it was five four i think they lost on penalties but uh so that was a you know a huge achievement for them and you know just you know obviously for the i wasn't involved at the national team at that time but you know having our players be able to to experience that and we had um i think it was five players from massachusetts at the time was on that team so you know they not only got experience uh, exposure to the college coaches you know they had duke and d1 schools like that were kind of asking after them because you know they, they played against an academy team from europe and yeah um one of our uh, kids have based out in in california got an opportunity to play for the la um lafc because of it because a, a scout had seen about that so you know for, for the players it's it's a great opportunity. And this, this, this trip will be fine. You know, the, I'm coaching the 2006 boys team that's going out there. There's actually only one Massachusetts player on the team. So, you know, 17 of the players I've, I've not coached in a game before outside of, of the, the, the camp that we ran in the summer where they all got together. So, you know, it's going to be great for me to see, you know, kids from California and, you know, how they play compared to maybe a kid from, from New York or New Jersey or Pennsylvania and, you know, just kind of bringing those different cultures together and, and various things like that. So and it's an opportunity for coaches as well. You know, we, we have yeah. coaches that we see on, you know, when I meet with the other teams directors on, on video calls, you know what I mean? The, the guys who are out in California, I know them and, but it's an opportunity then to actually see them coach and, and learn from them. And, you know, we use various tools like sports session planner so we can, you know, we can see each other's sessions, but yeah, to actually see a coach run their session is, it's completely different. So, um, it, yeah, it's just a, it's a great opportunity for, for just staff and for players as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, the, you know, that um, in-house coach education, just from, from, from just our time with Noga as well, so valuable. And the fact that you're able to, uh, to continue that and probably on a, on a bigger scale now using modern technology with, um, yeah. Like you were talking about sharing sessions with coaches on other side of the country and being able to connect. It's um, yeah, such a, a big thing. 
Adam, this has been, you know, real good insight into learning a little bit more about you and your program and life after Noga. And you know, I wish you all the best in Vegas next week and Appreciate all the that. best for the remainder of 2022. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate you having me on and yeah, good to catch up as always. Thank you for listening to the PK Soccer Podcast. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at Paul Kelshaw, Instagram at Paul Kelshaw, like my Facebook page at PK Soccer Inc. or send an email paulkelshaw at pksoccer.org. I would also be grateful if you could give the podcast a review and a rating and share with your fellow coaches and friends. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.